it seems like today in our culture that we're pretty overwhelmed with the idea of fairness. Like we want things to be fair. Creeps into our theology. I mean, I personally have never met anybody who was a true atheist. I don't, I don't mean this mockingly on anyone. It was just every person who confesses atheism that I've ever spoken to. It really boiled down to they didn't think God was fair. And so therefore, he must not be. We're consumed with fairness. We want fairness. I've been reading in Exodus and looking at the story of how God raised up Moses to free his people from Egypt. In that story, we see how God used his free will choice of his nature, the same nature that he gave to his creation. And he chose to use Moses to free his children just as he chose to use Pharaoh to glorify himself. We read that he hardened Pharaoh's heart. When he told Moses to go before him, he said, and I will harden his heart. And through the first group of plagues, each plague, by the way, was a, a, a precise attack on one of the gods of Egypt. And it's a really cool study, the sideline. It's a really cool study to look at the plagues and, and which gods of Egypt they were basically mocking because God's power is so much greater. God's power is the only power. But in that, the Bible says that Pharaoh hardened his heart. And then, towards the end of those, the wording again, the end of the plagues, the, the wording continues, and, and the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart. We get this in context in Romans chapter 9. Paul doesn't mention the fact that, that Pharaoh wasn't this kind, warm-hearted person that God hardened because Paul in Romans 9 is making the point that God in his justice in his sovereignty is able to make a choice again we can't enjoy the free will nature the choice that God has given us if God does not have the same nature. And so just as God can choose to use Moses to set his people free, God can choose to use Pharaoh to glorify himself and make himself known among the nations that he is the one true God. That's the picture you see playing out in Exodus, that God put his power on display in the face of Pharaoh. You see, early on in Exodus, this, this truth, because when Moses first approaches Pharaoh, Pharaoh says, who is this God that I should let his people go who who is this god that should approach pharaoh you see pharaoh was was already a man full of himself we see this again in context matching scripture with scripture we see that god allows us to choose ourselves even in romans chapter 1 
because of our own evil desires and we we refuse to acknowledge God as the creator he will even turn us over to a reprobate mind or a the lust of our heart he'll, he'll give us our desires God does allow us to choose and so in that God chooses whom he will use and for what purpose and if you struggle with that, you struggle with fairness with God, let me, I guess let me drive home what God is getting at in my heart, and that is, thank God He is not fair. Thank God He is not fair. The Bible tells us in Romans 3 that there are none good. There are none that are seeking after God. That none are righteous. That all have fallen short. In Romans 6, that the wages of our sin is death. In other words, our life choices, what that cumulative reward for that is physical and spiritual death for eternity. Praise God that He's not fair. He's loving. He's just. We don't want God to be fair. We need God to be God. That's at the bottom of the issue. It's not that we think God is fair. It's that we think we would be a better God than He is. I've used this illustration before, but we allow people in our lives to do that. I love my wife. She's phenomenal. Teresa is an amazing, godly woman. She's she's my best friend. (laughs) She is my best friend. But when I elevate her to the position of God in my life, when I when I give her too much time and affection and I, I, I let her take God's place of priority in my life, she's a horrible God. I love my kids. I'm proud of them. All 37 of them. They each have their own qualities, their own gifts that God has given them to which they... They use to glorify Him. They use to to minister to other people. I love our five kids that we God has blessed us with. But when I put them in a place of priority, if I allow them to dictate my life, if I allow them to be elevated to the position that God alone deserves, my kids make horrible gods. I don't want God to be fair with me. I'm very, very happy with His loving mercy. You see, His mercy is what keeps us from getting what we deserve. We can we can refute His grace. His grace can be refuted. Contrary to John Calvin, His grace can be thwarted. Jesus stood on the steps of Jerusalem and wept and said, Oh, how Jerusalem, I would have gathered you under my wings as a hen doth her chicks, but you would not. You rejected me. You refused me. And he wept because of this truth. God's grace can be quenched. His grace can be turned away, but his mercy cannot. He displays that upon whom he chooses. I'm so thankful for God's mercy. As I read the story of 
the children of Israel. I've read the story that the beginning of the Bible through Genesis and Exodus over and over and over and over again. God gave man fresh starts and over and over and over again. We spit in his face. I don't know where you're at this morning, but if you're in a place of hurt, if you're in a place of questioning, can I tell you, there's nothing wrong with that. God gave you those emotions, and He'll see you through them. But you have to talk to Him. Maybe you're an unbeliever today and you you just, you know, somebody shared this to you and you're kind of angry at me and you're kind of angry at God because of the unfairness of your circumstances. Can I just lovingly challenge you to tell God that? And to ask God to reveal himself to you that you could see who he is and who he wants to be in your life. You see, God is not fair. He's so much more than that.